Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Female Founders Network, a podcast brought to you by invoice to go I'm your host, Nat, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sylvie. Hey, everyone. We record our show in the Forbes Street studio in downtown Sydney, Australia, but we bring guests from all over the world. So you'll hear people from the US, the United Kingdom, Europe, the Asia Pacific, anywhere that we find women who lead and inspire others. This is a great podcast for women who are navigating business ownership, leadership, or just life. Each episode should connect you with someone else's story, but also leave you with practical tips and advice that you can use in your own life and in your own business. Hi guys, today we're speaking with Stephanie Russ and Victoria Stewart, the co-founders of Beam. Steph and Vic have not only created a marketplace for highly skilled and experienced professionals to find part-time work, but are also shaping the way companies can adjust to providing a flexible working culture. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Hi guys, how are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for having us. So you guys are both in Sydney as well, Sydney, Australia, but we are all recording from different locations today. How good is <laughs> technology? Right. <laughs> the best. And I guess technology is um, one of the things that has helped you start Beam Australia, which is a marketplace that connects qualified and experienced professionals with work opportunities that are part-time but also flexible. Is that right? Yeah, so um, that's absolutely where we started, but um, we've really, I guess, evolved over the past four years since we set it up and absolutely technology was the only reason, you know, we could we could start um, yeah. what we did. But, um, yeah, we've really, I guess, evolved into just being really passionate and um, developing an expertise in flexible work. So we sort of developed a number of um, solutions, um, technology um uh, platforms and a new one that we're just actually gone live with today um, to, to yeah it's super exciting day um, um yeah that really sort of bring together that business performance with the you know people's needs for flexibility which has just absolutely um been explosive over the last six months obviously mm. yeah you know this is mm. fascinating um because we talk to a lot of women who have families and then we talk about their journey starting a business and they're like we're like what was the impetus for you going out on your own and they'll say I just couldn't do it anymore I couldn't mm. do mm. my job and ha- be a mom you know um, yeah. and this is like all over the world this is not mm-hmm. <laughs> this global is, problem it's it's worse in different in some countries than it is in others but it's flexible flexible work is such a huge thing now and people have other in non-covid times priorities besides just making money they want to see things and experience life so it's so interesting yeah. mm-hmm. so what made you guys yeah. start this business like tell us how it happened well, it's really interesting because exactly what you just um, explained then is, you know, really the impetus for us starting our business. But the angle we took was more around there has to be a better way. Yeah. And we just saw so many people around us falling out of the workforce because they couldn't find that flexibility that they needed. And either they fell out uh, and started businesses or they fell out and just couldn't find other work. So mm-hmm. they, you know, I guess stopped working. So we thought long and hard around how we could provide, you know, new opportunities to people. And, you know, the, the I guess where we landed was that uh, we wanted to create an environment where businesses could tap into this incredible talent that had been essentially excluded from this traditional full-time 40-hour work week mm-hmm. workforce. 
Yeah. Um, and what was really interesting though was that as we went to market, we realised super quickly that it's not just women and parents who are being excluded. It's, you know, people who have a side hustle um, that want to work just four days or three days uh, yeah. a week. Um, yeah. It's people who are looking after sick or elderly loved ones. Mm-hmm. Um, it's people who are professional athletes yeah. that need to, you know, work work around their schedules mm. um, and, you know, all sorts of different reasons. You know, even you've got, um, you know, students that are working part-time that need to work part-time as well. So very quickly, you know, we were able to gather that there are people that work that need reduced hours in the week and we wanted to be able to provide more employment opportunities to those people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's essentially the impetus for, for why we started um, and then, you know, it became really clear that you're right, it is not just an Australian problem, it's a global problem and um, we wanted to help businesses um, uh, to implement flexible work because that seems to be quite a big barrier for organisations at the moment. You know, making flexible work work within an organisation has not been easy in the past and that's why we're, we're going down the path of supporting businesses in that that space. Yeah, this is what I find really interesting is that you've described your talent pool, which is so much more diverse than just like, I guess, mums with kids looking to get back into work. Yeah. There's so many different people, but I'm really interested to know what was your, or what are you finding that businesses are demanding from this space? Do you, do you find that businesses want more part-time opportunities and labour or do businesses just want people full-time? Yeah, I think our big lofty goal, I guess, is to democratise flexible work Mm. so that it's available for absolutely everyone and um, no one should be um, sort of excluded from being able to ask for or to, you know, figure out a way to do their work flexibly Mm -hmm. um, so that they can, you know, do whatever it is that makes them really, you know, happy and fulfilled um, in addition to work. And I think that makes us all better workers. But what do employers want? Well, um, four years ago, I think what we found to be completely frank is that most large organisations really just wanted people to work full time mm-hmm. because they, and that's understandable because the the traditional way of sort of um, building workforces and you know high performance organisations was to get people to work more, mm. you know and all of the systems and infrastructure was sort of set up for that model for yeah. success. What we're seeing is sort of a groundswell over that time and even definitely before that, um, but I guess people didn't really have a voice and I think now we've really seen a groundswell of the best talent really saying, I don't want to work that way anymore. Right. So, And the nature of work has changed. So, yeah. So many things have been automated that, in order for a company be, to be successful, they really need the smartest minds and mm-hmm. um, the highest, you know, skills and capabilities. But it's less a matter of how much time they're working and more a matter of what skills they've got and what they can contribute to the growth of an organisation. Yeah. So, yeah, we've definitely seen the smarter sort of more, I guess, just more progressive um, organisations thinking about, well, how could I do work differently so that I can attract the best talent, engage, make them engaged, give them, you know, what they want more broadly than just mm. the work. Um, and so it's become definitely it's been a transition from why would I do that to 
okay, I want to do that. How do I do it? Yeah. Over the last four years. And changing from a kind of company point of view of not time spent, but productivity and output. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. That's a big shift. Um, and I, I think, you know, we've talked about part-time here, but it's all forms of flexible work that can improve with, our, you know, with this, um, with that freedom to work in the way that they need to. Mm-hmm. So it might be that someone's working full-time flexibly. It might be that they're fully remote. It might be that they're just, you know, um, changing up their week in some way to adapt to, you know, what they may need to accomplish personally in that week um, or, you know, for, you know, reduced hours as well. So, mm. um, yeah, it, there really is a need to cater to all forms of flexible work. The challenge for businesses, as Steph was saying, is really how and how do you um, give everyone in that organisation the ability to manage, you know, that from, I guess, top level right down to an individual. Yeah, I think the interesting thing, you guys were talking about an attitude shift and a cultural shift. What I've seen, um, you know, it's investing in people who don't have traditional work situations, whether they're moms and want more time with their kids or dads and want more time with their kids or, you know, want to travel or whatever. It's not a charity. You know, like if you don't invest as a business Mm -hmm. in creating flexible work situations, you're going to lose top talent now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like I think all all businesses or a lot of businesses out there are like just waking up to that fact. Like mm-hmm. people are not replaceable, you know, as much as we we hope that they are when we lose a good team member. It's really hard to replace that talent, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just like we I, it sucks to lose talent because you're too inflexible of a workplace. Whoa, that's just a complete waste. It doesn't even make sense. Economically oh, yeah, it doesn't at all. Yeah, but the the interesting thing is that um, a bit, you know even a step beyond that is that first of all there's a recognition that you know you need to actually um, really engage with what your talent want. Mm. But secondly, actually flexible work can lead to higher productivity. Yeah. So this I guess the the even more advanced organisations are thinking about how can I actually take this moment in time. And what we've been able to test and learn as an organisation and retain the best bits of it to increase engagement, discretionary effort, um, productivity, a focus, you know, a, a really ruthless focus on the highest priorities and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but it doesn't just happen by itself. So this is what we're, you know, I guess one of the, the sort of underlying foundations to the work that we do is that we actually need to equip people to be able to execute on that. We can't sort of leave it in the hands of the gods to say right. okay, everyone work flexibly now let's just see how that works for us yeah um so yeah well you have to give time. people the tools to do anything new right like human beings are really habit driven and if someone has been in an office and now they've had a life change yeah and they need to be not in an office or whatever you've got to like establish whole new habits and like same for businesses businesses are even worse mm-hmm. harder to change them a lot of the time mm-hmm. so yeah. am i understanding this correctly so you've got this marketplace that can connect people with part-time work opportunities but you're also educating companies as consultants to make part-time and flexible working more available so therefore you're kind of sort of infiltrating businesses to get your marketplace more work you're like the ultimate moderators <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> an edu- it's, yeah it's like a vertical well, yeah. yeah well the the so- 
the demand for flexible work is so much higher than the supply. Yeah. So we have been doing that consulting, but Vic, do you want to, should we tell them what we're tell going us. live with today? Tell us, yes. Heard it here first, everyone. Uh, yeah, no, look, so I guess the, the, um, the, what we want to be able to do is I, I think one of the biggest challenges of enabling flexible work is just working out what work is being done in an organisation. And one of the big challenges for um, teams or managers can be just visibility of what work is being done. And then once you have that visibility, it's about how do I design work better and how do I ensure that people are working on the highest value activities or tasks um, and how do I ensure that from a team perspective we are working as optimally or as productive as we can. So essentially this tool is giving that visibility um, and insight into how each individual in the team is working Mm -hmm. and um, the ability to change and adapt uh, each person's role to um, not only how they need to work but also to ensure that they're working on those highest priority and most productive outcomes as well. Oh, wow. So essentially it's a work design tool. So one of the things that we love on this podcast and that we've had really great feedback on is that we have a kind of advice and tips section of every interview where people share their learnings or like what they're doing with their businesses. Mm-hmm. And I think you're the first marketplace that we've had on as guests so far. And um, so obviously now you're launching this new kind of, well, feature product, I guess, um, where you are doing a cohort test. Is that something that you have been doing throughout um you know, with launching Beam, like what are your, what's your advice on launching a marketplace and getting it to market effectively and making sure that what you're actually offering is going to work? Yeah, such a great question because it's never straightforward. And I think anyone who started a business, it's, it's pretty clear that what you start with is not what you end up with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will continue to evolve over time. So I think our thing was to sort of start small and see how it's working, not necessarily pilot, but, you know, just go to market and just test, is there a market there? And that's what we did with the the marketplace and we were able to sort of validate that. Um, but, you know, over time you learn that there are other needs that either your business can pivot towards or that other businesses might come in and, you know, you might pivot away from or whatever it might be. But mm-hmm. Uh, For us, it was continuously learning around what are the barriers that prevent flexible work from being implemented successfully in organisations. So we'll continue to uh, pivot and expand around supporting businesses and providing products and solutions in this space. So our advice really would be to start small, listen to the market and adapt Mm-hmm. as required, um, and also maybe add to what you're doing to provide alternative solutions to people or to businesses or whoever it might be that, you know, allow you to expand your offering. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's continuous learning, listening and adapting. <laughs> yeah, that's really great advice. How have you found your kind of first customers and the, and the people that you've been testing these ideas with? Uh, I think it comes down to, um, you know, people that you kind of know initially. It's mm-hmm. just it's going to be people that you know and that you trust that they'll give you honest and direct feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, someone once told us that our f- 
that your first 100 customers will come from either people you know or, you know, one degree of separation from them. Um, and that once you have 100 customers, you'll have learned a lot and then you can kind of, you know, go out more broadly. Um, but it's always a really awkward thing to ask, you know, friends and family and so on to help you out. So I think it's really just if you're working on a product or a solution that you're really genuinely passionate about, which I think, you know, most people, you have to have that to start a business and mm-hmm. keep going, um, that, you know, you're just talking about the issues and that, you know, people want to support you as well. So, yeah, no, that's really, that's really good advice. And I, I love the fact that the first hundred customers can come from like people, you know, or just like a 1% removal. That's, <laughs> I think that's definitely true. But it's also a good way to start. Absolutely. And you, um, you'll never forget who those people are mm. as well, who've, mm. um, you know, given you their time and endorsed you and, you know, it's been those people that you can kind of, I guess, lean on but also use as examples as to how, you know, it's worked for them um, and been those case studies. But really they are so critical and it's just so important for a business to have, you know, those um friendlies mm-hmm. um that can support uh, the growth of the business yeah do either of you have a technical background or how did you create your website uh yeah so uh i guess i took on more of the product management role but certainly i um we've engaged technical partners um for initially for our initial product mm-hmm. um and now we've brought all of our tech development in-house so we have a team of tech developers that um, are developing all of our products. Awesome. Um, and uh, and then, you know, I think from our perspective, um, you know, it's just, again, ensuring that we've got a product that meets the market needs. So that, that's between Steph and I, just ensuring that the product is con- continuously pivoting um, and making those feature changes to ensure that, you know, it is a sound solution for, uh, for you know, I guess what the, the market's uh, really requiring at this stage. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Um, I guess my other question is, obviously you just said that you t- take on more of the product management role. How did you both um, kind of split the responsibilities and do you think um, it's easier to have a business partner or are there some um, problems that sometimes happen when you have mm. shared decision-making? Oh, my God, such a good question. Um <laughs> So, oh, God, I could not do this by myself. No way. (laughs) No. I think it is one of the absolute um, pillars of, you know, any success that we've had so far is that um, we've got, you know, a a wing woman, I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, You know, just a business partner, someone Mm -hmm. to, you know, ride those highs and lows and, look, it's a roller coaster Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's, it is an absolute roller coaster and um, being able to sort of pick each other up when it's, you know, that kind of um, when you're on the, I guess, the ride down. Yeah. <laughs> um, Which That's really important. But also look, people talk about even in, you know, all the research and everything, some more research just came out the other day about having diversity in um, the leadership. And obviously they're talking about large organisations and having different perspectives. Mm. But on a business like this where we need to make so many decisions and um, and so on, just being able to have two heads on it and to be able to have healthy sort of constructive debate about yeah. it um, is important. Obviously we have the, well, maybe it's not obvious, but we have the most incredible team. 
I can't mm. tell you. We just almost daily just talk to each other about how lucky we are to yeah. have the people that we do on our team. Um, mm-hmm. Like it even makes me feel emotional to think about it and just how much they contribute to that thinking and the strategy and just always trying to be better and to listen and to respond to, you know, what people need. But, um, uh, yeah, uh, how do we divide it? Sorry, bad at answer, actually answering questions. So um, we, well, we sat down with a bottle of wine and um, <laughs> sort of wrote up um, the way that we would work together. So there's yep. a couple of things. like, And this actually goes right back to the, the new product that we're launching. But we talked about the what, what we would do. Mm-hmm. But then we also talked about how we would work. So it's very natural um, sort of um, thing that Vic would do, the product and tech and so on, because she's got um, a background in that. But then she also has the commercial background, mm-hmm. um, which is amazing as well. So, But then I only had that, so I ended up doing that. And... Um, and we sort of then talked about, okay, who's going to do governance where we neither of us really come from a finance or a legal background. Mm. So um, Vic took on that and then, you know, so we just sort of said let's start with this kind of split and then we'll just see how workload is and stuff like that. And we obviously do a lot of stuff together still. Um, yeah. And someone actually... I was going to say clear accountability I think is so important yeah. when you are yeah. splitting, you know, responsibilities because if there's not that clear you know outline of who's who's doing what and who's accountable for it then things can get lost and then that's how miscommunication happens and that's how relationship breakdowns happen that's right and and I think it as Steph said um you know we've got those clear accountabilities but we you know the recommendation as well uh along the way has been you need to be able to come together on you know with um, have a small overlap in some areas and Steph and I definitely have that overlap which has been so um, important for us to be very sort of aligned on you know even just that area right mm. so that we're kind of clear that it, we haven't got two um, different skill sets that we can't kind of come together and agree on a general direction and strategy etc for the business mm. um, so that has been really critical and really valuable as well really great advice but also really valuable for us to be able to work really well together Mm. and I think you know we went into this knowing very well I mean we had you know we're best friends and we can remain um you know best friends as well um but you know it's always fraught with danger isn't it going into business with a friend or you know family etc but um we've been really from the beginning as well that um, friendship first mm-hmm. um, and the business comes second. So we've agreed that, you know, we'll park decisions or, you know, if someone vetoes, you know, one decision, then that's vetoed by all of us. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, this is it's just really important for us to be having those conversations up front, being really transparent and ensuring that, you know, we're on the same page at mm-hmm. all times. Um, so that we don't, you know, create that chasm between us and that, you know, that big divide. Um, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's been really amazing the way that we've worked together and completely agree with Steph in saying that you cannot, you it, whether it's a mentor, uh, you know, if you are heading a business yourself or, you know, someone that you can lean on, it's just it's so important to have someone to be able to work with and mm. to be able to have that continued support. Yeah, I, I definitely agree and 
um, I think listening to you, I know that you didn't just sort of like frame that as advice, but I think it's actually really good advice for anyone that is listening that's starting a business with a um, a friend or a partner or family member is to actually outline everything in writing and, and have it have those conversations up front and not just think, oh, yeah, we're, we get on well, so it's all going to work out. <laughs> nicely yeah. like there will yeah. be situations you have to agree like no this is what we said beforehand this is our kind of company constitution and 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 just have mm. that as a separate thing to your actual friendship as well yeah and and specifically we talked about what are the worst case scenarios mm. so what's the worst case scenario in a day that we disagree on something what do we do in that situation like what's the process we're going to go through mm-hmm. um but also what happens if someone gets sick or um burns out or you know all those things and what would we do yeah in those situations um and then I think the other thing if we're talking about um what we've learned that other people might be able to um you know benefit from is just those alignment of values Mm -hmm. is so important and when it's a startup the business values kind of do start with your personal values as well because it's just such a personal thing I guess yeah but just being, just writing them down and making sure that we're really clear on what those sort of company values are that you're going to hold sacred. And sometimes I think company values can come under the like fluffy bracket. Mm-hmm. But when you're a small and growing business, it's critical mm. to say, here's what we hold at the highest, you know. So when you are in that situation where you're like, something's broken or something's not working or things seem to be going in the wrong direction or what have you that you can come back to that and say well what are the things that are important to us okay yeah. let's put things in perspective yeah yeah great advice <laughs> what's Beautiful. been the biggest challenge so far for you with beam we've had no challenges <laughs> <laughs> it's all gone perfectly <laughs> like, yeah i mean it's so easy to start a business um <laughs> and keep it going even when you don't feel yeah. like it. <laughs> yeah. Um what has been the biggest challenge? I I mean look, I think uh, I mean COVID has been hard. Mm. <laughs> um it's not only it, it was a really tough um period and no doubt that's been the case for, you know, thousands if not millions of businesses mm-hmm. around the world. Um and you know, despite the fact that, you know, we're, we're still here and, you know, we're, you know, and in some ways it's, it has been beneficial for us. Let me tell you that time when we, no one knew what was happening in the world around March, April, um, and we all went into lockdown and we didn't know how long it was going to be there. We didn't know what was happening, mm-hmm. you know, from an economy perspective, uh, you know, and we couldn't have foreseen where we're, we're standing today here in, in Australia. But, um, which is in a really good position or certainly a better position than I think many people anticipated, um, that was really scary and really challenging. Um, and I think, uh, you know, for us it certainly was um, a time to really dig deep um, and, you know, uh, you know, we had to, you know, strip back and do many different things um, that has been not only um, challenging from a business perspective, but I think more importantly, an emotional perspective as well. Yeah. And, um, and you know, it just comes back to, again, what Steph said earlier around this team, mm-hmm. um, just like, you know, couldn't have asked for an incredible more um, understanding and loyal 
team throughout um, the, you know this phase. So yeah, it's you know it's certainly been um, a challenging time, but um, I think you know with all those things that we put in place around um, what are our non-negotiables, what are our values, how do we get you know, um, and then putting in place good strategies, etc. You know, I think that was that's really what got us through. But yeah, it's, it's it was a hard time. Yeah, for sure. Mm. I'd say, um, aside from COVID, one of the biggest challenges for us has been that um, sort of what we took to market initially um, in terms of the talent marketplace, which is still amazing, and you know, we we love it. But it's um, yeah, it's sort of most more established now, but. When we took that to market, we were sort of assumed that because this is a really practical solution that made so much sense to us that people, everyone would get on board. Mm-hmm. But we learned that um, while there was so, so much talent that want to work that way, that businesses weren't really on board. And so there was a lot of education that needed to go yeah. into just generally educating the market on why this yeah. is a really smart idea for your business and how yeah. it works and and um, how you implement that and so on. And that's challenging because that's a sort of investment that doesn't really pay off immediately or, or potentially not ever, right? But yeah. I think just believing in what you do um, and sort of doing that, you know, makes it um, yeah, easier. Yeah, so sometimes it's, it's too, it's even, it's harder to be too far ahead of the trend. Yeah. Right? Like sometimes mm-hmm. you have an idea and you're just like so far ahead of where the market is. Mm-hmm that you have to kind of slog it out and wait for people to catch up with you a bit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge, huge challenge. And we certainly know people who've, um, and organisations who've, uh, you know, tried earlier than this, you know, right back at the start of, you know, in the 2000s, you know, and even earlier um, where, you know, they've seen that people have needed it. And just unfortunately the timing's been really out um, as well, even back then, um, but knowing that there's still incredible talent that, that needed opportunities. So, you know, I think, you know, our, our purpose is really to create um, more work options for people um, and, you know, and and if we can do that, that's not to exclude anyone from the workforce, it's actually to create more work options and more job opportunities out there. Um, and so if we can... If we can do that and we can capitalise on a time and this moment in time when everyone is rethinking how work can be done, um, then that's going to be an incredible outcome from a social and economic standpoint. Well, thank you guys so much. It has been lovely talking to you. So good. Likewise. Thank you for having us. And thank thank you for being ahead of the trend. Yeah. (laughs) Starting the movement. I think everyone's there now, aren't they? Um, yeah. Just figuring out how to how to do it and how to make it a longer term um, benefit to you know both talent but also businesses too. So if there yeah. are um, people out there looking for part time work or employers looking to hire part time employees or flexible employees, how do they find your site? Yep. So they can go to beamaustralia.com.au and um, and get in touch. Beautiful. Well, thanks so much, guys. Go enjoy this sunny day. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye-bye. This podcast was brought to you by Invoice2Go. We're an invoicing and billing app that helps business owners work and get paid from anywhere, at any location around the globe. And we're helping close the gender-based pay gap. Because the current US gender-based pay gap sits at around 19%. 
listeners of the Female Founders Network podcast will get exactly 19% off of any subscription. Just use the code EMPOWERWOMEN at checkout.